0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Today we said we had a surprise <laughs> now, and that is in the man of God that is going to bring the word of God to us is someone that I've known for a while I mean he's come to minister with us back in the day and you know it's, it's, it's an anointed man of God he's, he's a revivalist he's, he's, he's a prophet and, and he, he teaches the Bible in a very sound and, and insightful way I'm, I'm joining the church you know online and I'm excited today as I bring on, I want us to put our hands together for the Lord Jesus as we honor his presence and his hand upon the man of God that's bringing the word to us. Let's put our hands together for the Lord as we bring on pastor, truly or loudly, to bring the word of God from the full of grace. Let's keep clapping, let's keep clapping, let's keep clapping, let's keep clapping.
1: Come on, God's favorite house. Your favorite people serving a favorite God. Make a noise and give God praise. Amen. Now, what shall we say? I mean, this choir is terrible. And you guys can sing. I'm serious. You guys can sing. Come on, let's put our hands and celebrate them. Thank God for a good choir. Amen. I met Pastor Femi's mom before I met him himself. Uh, coincidentally, we sat. I sat. We sat next to each other two times, one to to London and another from London to the US at different times. So I knew him before I met him, and. Uh, the testimonies I've heard about him before I met him was awesome, and we thank God that uh, you still have men that are really, really serving God, not for what He gives, but for who He is. Come on, let's celebrate, Pastor Femi, Pastor, Pastor Mrs. Monae. Come on, Hallelujah. Lord, you reign, forever you're the same, I count my truth in my mind, everybody say, my mind,
2: you will accept me. You
1: immeasurable goal. God hide without a peak depth without a bottom horizon without boundaries how majestic are your walks O oh God you flung the sun to burn in the eastern horizon tucked away the stars in their silver clusters to adorn the night how majestic is the beauty of your name the amazing wonder who makes the seven wonders of the earth to look like a lie father we bow before the gracious one the chapter eternity cannot finish writing we glorify he who was and is and is to come governor among the nation bishop and the shepherd of our souls thank you for having us as children thank you for putting us as sons we celebrate you, o God. As cold water to a testy soul, Proverbs 25:25. 25, 25, so is the good news from a far country. Father, we receive the totality of your cancel this morning. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that God's favorite house will enter another hemisphere, move to another pedestal. From this morning, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for uncommon doors to open. We ask for grace that can only come from you. Finish your work, oh God. The praise is yours forever. Dear Holy Spirit, confine me to the perimeter of your will this morning and let only your bidding be done. I promise you the honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And will love God to say loud, Amen. Come on, say it loud, Amen. Slap your neighbor a high five. Tell your neighbor you are lifted forever. God bless him. Amen. You may have your seat in his holy presence. Can we celebrate the choir as they go? Come on. Amen. I want to greet my friends, the Adelaides, amen. Exodus in chapter number three, and now I don't know how to preach the same sermon on the same day, it's a sickness I have, and so I'm I'm saying I'll be speaking something else the second service, now if you will care to wait, that would be very nice, if you can't, please. Help yourself and get the CD afterwards. It will really bless you. Exodus and the third chapter. I bring you greetings from the um, Director of Finances, Kitchen Affairs, and General Well-Being of the Olawale family. <laughs> She's the publisher and editor-in-chief of Gemwoman magazine. Her name is Bolan Lee Mildred Olawali. She's my wife. She sends her regards this morning. Amen. If your wife is not the one in charge of finances and general well-being in your home, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> but if she's addicted to buying bags, make her director, not <laughs> make her manager, not director of finances. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Exodus in chapter number 3, we'll read just from verse 1. And we'll stop at verse number 5. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Your church is beautiful. This is nice. Like, I, I cannot imagine where, where you're going will look like. That place is dangerous. And it's going to happen. I say it will happen. You know, the beauty about God is that He can do His thing without anybody. The difference between God and the devil is the fact that God is sovereign, the devil is not. Sovereignty means you can do what you want, when you want, how you want without recourse to anybody psalm 135 verse number 5 the bible says psalm 135 verse number 6 the bible says the lord do it whatsoever he pleases in the heavens on the earth and even under the earth nobody can question him ladies and gentlemen so when you say god is sovereign now don't forget the devil is not sovereign he cannot be sovereign the devil cannot do what he wants when he wants how he wants to do it he, he actually has to recourse to somebody somebody can decide to say well what you want to do you will not do it and he has to say yes sir and that person is your father, ladies and gentlemen. And he has also put you in a position where you can also tell him, you know what, you want to do this, you cannot do this. May I stand to say this morning, under apostolic grace, that whatever it is that is written against your name, contrary to God's own will and plan for your life, according to scripture. Who is it that saith and it cometh to pass? When the Lord commanded it not. Isaiah 7, 7 does said the Lord. He shall not stand, neither shall he come to pass. Such counsel, such desires. They will never come to fruition. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Exodus 3, 1 to 5. We love reading together in the cross. I read verse 1, you read verse 2. No, just 1 to 5. Exodus, the third chapter. Verse 1 to 5. I'll read the first verse. You read the next verse. We read in that alternate order and we stop at verse number 5. Is that okay? Please, when when is your turn to read? Don't murmur scriptures. Don't murmur. Those that murmur died in the wilderness, you will live in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. (laughs) (laughs) And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Five together in a cross, please. Want to read? And he said, Draw not near hither, put off from off your feet for the place whereon thou standest. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy words. Now, you know the story of Moses very well. I speak on a very interesting topic called No Shoes Allowed. Tell your neighbor, no shoes allowed. No shoes allowed. Now, don't take off your shoes now. <laughs> you know, don't take off your shoes. I had a colleague in the office uh, those days. Uh, he has a habit of removing his shoes. And when he does, the the hemisphere changes. Not atmosphere. The hem- <laughs> this is atmosphere, that's hemisphere. The hemisphere <laughs> Hemisphere changes. So please, no shoes allowed. Don't take off your shoes. But I know in God's God's favorite house, (laughs) we don't have hemispheric disturbing grace, (laughs) we have enhancing grace in Jesus' mighty name. Moses was a man very peculiar in scripture. In fact, you want to, uh, the life of an average Christian can be synonymized with that of the children of Israel. Their journey from Egypt, how God picked them as a people. Don't forget they didn't pick God, God picked them as a people. God picked them as a people and God led them different ways. He had a plan for them. And ultimately, He wanted to give them a land that was not theirs. He wanted to give them a land in coats flowing with milk and honey, which is a metaphor for a fruitful and a prosperous land. God chose everything about them, He chose their leaders, He chose the land um god helped them in every way i mean these were people that experienced god in uncommon in uncommon manners when, when they were in the wilderness food was dropping every morning um something was guiding them during the day pillar of cloud by day pillar of uh, fire by night these were very strange people when they complained god we've been taking this um, coriander seed as it were and we are we are thirsty for, for chicken. The Bible says God sent um, quails so much, filled the camp overnight. The Bible says from the camp to when the quails stopped, the Bible says it was a day's journey. So much, God made them to eat so much that the Bible says it started coming out from their noses. The they manner when they needed water, water came from the rock. Different things at different times, ladies and gentlemen. And that shows you ladies and gentlemen that God's own desire for us. It's not that we'll be stuck at any time. If you if it seems as though you are stuck, ladies and gentlemen, you are not stuck, ladies and gentlemen. Something is going on. God is orchestrating something for you, and He wants to put you in a position and in an order so that you can manage what is about to come. Stay with me, church. Tell your neighbor again no shoes allowed. Moses, Moses' life started in the palace whilst in the palace ladies and gentlemen pampered and sport, all he knew was to be attended to he would clap his hands everything he wanted showed up he was he was a jew and Israelite inside but outside he's been an egyptian all his life one day the bible says in chapter 2 verse 11 the bible says he went out to town to see the plight of his people he knew somehow that he being an Egyptian was not his destiny. He knew somehow that the life he was living was not God's ultimate for him. But something was already poking him inside of his heart that I want more for you than what you're experiencing. And so, at some point, that drive drove him out. The Bible says he went to see the plight of his people, the Jews. And when he got there, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says he saw one Egyptian that was maltreating a Jew. And he killed the Egyptian and buried the Egyptian. From then on, his life changed. He had to leave town and ran straight to the wilderness. He met a man and married a daughter. And from then, from being someone that was in charge of servants, he became a hireling. And he started tending to his father-in-law's flock. Now, as at this time in in Moses' life, all about his life, all about his existence was this flock. Without the flock, there'll be no feeding. Without the flock, father in law can become hostile in law. Without the flock, ladies and gentlemen, there'll be no salary. Without the flock, it's probable even his wife will call him a failure. Everything about his existence at this time was tied to this flock. The flock was his means of existence, was his means of survival, was his means of. I am self-actualization. And the Bible says, "Some one particular day, he went, still in the wilderness, he was standing the flock, and suddenly he saw a sight. The sight he saw was very, very unprecedented. He saw a bush burning, and the bush was not consumed. Now that's strange. If I see one, I think I will have taken some steps backward, pleaded the blood of Jesus. God knows how many times. Before, I will now say, Holy Ghost, you are my strength. Bible says, the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. The Bible says, and he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Ladies and gentlemen, This was the place Moses' life changed. I'm introducing you to walking in divine power this morning. Thank God that you are under the leadership of a child of God that knows what it means to walk in the realm of power. Every day, like you expend energy from the food you've eaten, every day you expend spiritual energy. And every day you need refill. The Bible says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Ladies and gentlemen, you must know how to consistently walk in the heights of God's goodness and spirit and get the best of God on a daily basis. Now, you have folks around you that you will never know who they are, except the Lord open your eyes to see. You have friends or enemies that look like friends, you need the power of God to be able to pierce through some walls, let me make this general statement that will become the bedrock of our discussion. Everything that has value in life is guarded by an obstacle. Everything that has value in life is guarded by an obstacle. Otherwise, everybody will be prosperous. The difference between the man that is very prosperous and the one that is not, the same opportunities they face. One just has the tenacity of heart to go through suffering for a while so that he can get to where he's going. Everything that has value has an obstacle standing before it. Otherwise, everybody will access opportunities. But some can't fight. Some don't want to stand in the place of sacrifice. Some can't give to get. Some want to get without giving. Some of us want spiritual or financial enlargement and our offerings is like Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Meanwhile, the Bible says, Luke chapter 6 verse 38, it says, give it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shake it together. Running over shall men bring to your bosom. It says, for the measure with which you meet shall it be met back to you. If you don't increase your measure, your increase cannot come. It can't come. But ladies and gentlemen, for us to get the best of God before God threw Moses into his, to Egypt to go and set God's people free. Before God will have you get to some places where you stand before kings. And we are not just beseeching kings or asking them or, or, or begging them. You are speaking with divine authority. You have to get to this point. Now, you notice in that scripture, Three things culminated into God speaking God got on the mountain Before Moses showed up The bush was already burning Before he got there This man was leading the flock Stay with me church And by the time he saw the sight The Bible says He now said I will now turn aside Now you remove the word now From that verse It still makes sense he says, I will turn aside. But the word now suggests three probable things. Number one, this was not the first time he was seeing it. This was not the first time he was seeing this thing. Number two, this was the first time he was seeing it, but he was too flabbergasted and marooned to move close. He was still trying to get his axe together and see, can I approach or can I not approach? Okay, number three, living going towards this um, site or this experience will require him to leave his livelihood. You cannot take the flock into uncertainty, so him moving towards this simply means he has to leave the flock somewhere. Now, if the flock is sheep flock, he only takes one of them to go bezek, run away; others will follow. So he had to assess himself. He, me taking this step could mean I will lose everything I've had. Stay with me. Me taking this step could mean I will lose everything I've had. You will always get to a point in your life where, for you to get to the next level, you have to dare, dare not having what you're having. And that's the obstacle a lot of people can face. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. 40 days was his plan. 40 days journey, you get to the promised land. But the Bible says, because God taught in his heart, is that these people don't like war. And the 40 day journey, the part of it is a part of war. You have to fight the Philistines along the line. Because they don't like war, God now sent them the long way. 40 years. Only two of them made it in time. Only two of them got into the promised land. 40 years. So, 40 days' journey because they don't like facing their obstacles, because they dare not make a decision that might cost them uh, everything they have. They couldn't enter into their promise. I pray for you this morning in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that is an outstanding promise of God on your life, yet to be fulfilled. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3, If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth, whithersoever a tree falleth, whether to the north or to the south, there it shall remain. This very morning, the rain of God's outstanding promise on your life will fall on you in Jesus' mighty name. But listen people, three things, number one, you have to walk away from something. To get to where God wants you to be, You have to walk away from something. Let me explain this. Salvation is free, but you you pay daily subscriptions to sustain it. Salvation, free. Now, to the person that bought your salvation, it is not free. Cost him his life. That's God. Alright, but you, daily subscription to be able to sustain it. Let me explain myself. For you to walk towards God, you need to walk away from something. Any time you choose to go a particular direction, it simply means you have turned your back on the opposite direction. It's a simple law of life. There must be a walking away from. Now, the things you might need to walk away from to be able to get the best God has for you does not necessarily have to be sinful. Oh, some yeah if it is sinful habits you have to get rid of that but ladies and gentlemen it could just be some things that some demand god is making on your life one of the ways that you get to know that you are growing in the spirit effectively when god begins to make some personal demand on your own personal life i give you a typical example as a teenager all i did was fast pray fast pray all night Lord, use me for your glory, use me for your glory. One day, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, from today, no more breakfast. Now, excuse me, what's the correlation between breakfast and being used by God? I was not even given to so much eating anyway. So, breakfast, till today, I I still can't tell you what it is. But you see, a lot of times, God tries your obedience. Let me use another example. Have you ever been in a car and for some reason you had a feeling or the Holy Ghost told you, get down. Or in a bus, get down. And you get down. What is the expectation? Something bad is about to happen. But when you get to your destination, the bus has gotten there before you. <laughs> nothing bad happened. See, it, nothing bad was going to happen. God was is trying to exercise you in obedience. So don't think every instruction is to avert evil. No. Every, some instructions are training school. There will be something God will have you walk away from. God will make a personal demand on your life. There was a the time he was Clear instruction: 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. every day, I must be in prayers. Besides my prayer in the morning and afternoon. And for me, my night I love sleeping, when I'm not praying. And he said, until further notice, I'm going Jesus. So you know, as a young man—I mean, I was a teenager—all this one I'm telling you—as a young man, football was next to Jesus. I'm serious; it was next to Jesus the day I knew I needed deliverance I became a pastor, I was pastoring a church and Nigeria was playing, while I was preaching, I was signaling to my usher, scores <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you the truth there was a my sermon changed when we were leading <laughs> nonsense so (laughs) no i'm serious i ended that's when i knew i was in trouble and my own way of getting myself free was to stop watching tv altogether ladies and gentlemen if you want god as badly as you want money (laughs) if you want god as badly as you want to prosper you will not need to do half of what you do to get money to get God. But listen, people. Stay with me. First thing. There has to be a walking away from. Moses had to walk. It was, it was tough. You leave the flock alone. They can go astray. It's just for one. You remember all we like sheep has gone astray? It, 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 that's why the, in Psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he leads me okay the by nature sheep are wanderers it's just for one of them to go this way others will not know why he's going that way but that is the way bandwagon effect starts from sheep he had to walk away for some of you for us to get to where we are going in fixing god's house there might be need a walk away i think it was uh, Global Harvest, Ibadan, Victoria Day Miss Church. I was ministering and I think they were having a building. And the Lord told me that there was someone there. Said, You've been, you have been building your house. The house is a bungalow. You are yet to finish. Now I said, brother, is it just you? Just obey God or not. Is it that you believe God is speaking to me or you don't? I said, the Lord says to tell you, if you will give me. not, It's not a command if you will give me the remaining money you have put aside to finish that house put it in my own don't finish your own is that i will build you a house you cannot afford to build and so the man did ladies and gentlemen until there is a walking away from as at the time uh i saw them again in Ibadan. Uh, it was, It was not bungalow anymore. Now they built a beautiful duplex. In fact, the day I saw her, they moved into the house three days before. I didn't see the man. I saw his wife. And I went preaching in another church, not their church. Coincidentally, she was present, and I was mentioning it, so she came forward. I didn't know she was there. There might be a walking away from. There are some relationships that won't work anymore. Anybody that you spend time with, and after they are gone, you need to plead the blood of Jesus. Stop seeing them. Stop seeing them. They are not adding value to your inner man. Number two. Told you number one, you need to do what? Walk away from. You have to walk away from something. Ladies and gentlemen, walking with God will cost you something. God is available, but it doesn't show up everywhere. God is available, but it doesn't show up everywhere. No, 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 no. For you to carry the tangible presence of God, it will cost you something. Sometimes you have to be awake, sleep, praying when others are sleeping. Sometimes the Lord will have you not to eat. Sometimes you will have you go and apologize to those that hate you. the ones that offended you the Holy Ghost loves that one go say sorry to someone that just offended you what is he trying to do he's trying to kill you so that he might live fully in you Paul said I die daily, daily praise the Lord number two the Bible says you notice that until Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight. You notice, though God had been present on that mountain, huh? God didn't speak.
2: <laughs>
1: Until now, there's a difference between a resolve and an action. When you decide in your heart you want to do something, OK? It's a good thing, It's the start of the action, the beginning of it. Until you follow through and actually do it, it is still a desire. Walking with God goes beyond desire. Say, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you, love you. No, no, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's as simple as that. It's not, God, God Lord. I love you. <laughs> One of the times the Lord told me that I should be staying awake to pray 11 to 1 a.m. One of those days, Nigeria was playing. I think it was walk up. It was in another country. And, you know, the, the match fell into the night. So I started praying in tongues in front of TV. At 11 p.m. <laughs> at 11 p.m., I was speaking in tongues in front of the TV. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm still praying. And, and it was clear in my heart. Get off from here. Go to your closet. and start praying. You know. <laughs> and he went on a little bit i went inside after after the match i went inside and said jesus i'm sorry i'll never do it again <laughs> three days after another match well to 12 12 o'clock i quickly went in prayed until 11:55. 55 i left <laughs> i did it again <laughs> God will try what you love most. I tell people, don't make God first. You can't. Let him be the center of your life. He is first. You will not be conscious, trying to say, oh, I've not done this. No, no, he comes innately. It's, it's just in there. It's, it's a reflex action. Because it's everything. Follow through with actions i will study my bible until you start you've not started i will pray until you do you've not done i will fast i will give until you do let me explain this ladies and gentlemen god is not interested in desires that does not metamorphosize into an action The Bible says, in a very short story, some sons of the prophet wanted to leave Elisha. And the Bible records that they they um craved his indulgence to come with them. He went with them, and when they got there, the Bible says while they were felling the beam they were going to use for the construction, the axe had fell into the water. And when it fell into the water, scripture records, ladies and gentlemen, that they cried. He said, Alas, Master. It was borrowed. And God did a miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Elisha wanted to, they wanted Elisha to come with them. If they never asked, he would never follow them. If they never asked him, or they never spoke to him, their intention, it was in their heart, ah, it would be nice that Demon would follow also. And they never said it in words to him as a request, they would have gotten nothing. And that whole episode will have ended in a disaster. One of my wife's friends, that I mean, very old old friend, she met me once and said, Ah, Pastor, please, how can I not be married? Uh, the way she put it, how can I be close to you and I am not yet married? I said, Am I Jesus? <laughs> so one day I was coming back from a retreat. I don't know whether it was Bola and herself that planned it, but she was right in my house. She was probably the first person I saw. And she said, Please just pray for me right now. I looked at her, and the Holy Spirit told me, He said, The person you are seeing, huh? Your husband has been around ever since. The person you are seeing, you can't see. That's called bigamy. If God gives you another man now, and you are dating another married man, and you want to get married, something is wrong with you. In fact, something must be wrong with God if he gives you a husband. Why you are seeing another person's husband. And this is a sister we've known a long time. She went quiet, then she began to cry. said, so don't say, God, i been unfaithful. When you shut the door against grace, what do you want Him to do? So there are some things you must work away from. It's not just a desire. I've been wanting to stop. No, 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 no. God is not interested in the desire you've been wanting to. What did you do? Is a, a lot of people want to get saved. Can you imagine? I will get saved, I will get saved, I will get saved. Until you get saved, you are going to hell. It's as simple as that. Until you surrender and follow through it an action. Until he did that, sir, God did not speak. God got to that mountain before him. God was there way before this guy. But until he followed through and actually left the flock and damned the consequences and followed through with his action and came close to see the sight, God did not speak. If he didn't do that, God would not speak. It is as simple As that If he never Followed through God wouldn't speak But This whole episode Ended When this guy Had the resolve Had the desire Then moved close The moment he moves close ladies and gentlemen Don't forget who got to the mountain first God Did he speak until he moved close? No. The moment he came close, God spoke and this is what God said. (laughs) Remove your shoes from off your feet. For the ground you stand on is holy ground. Now this is where the rubber meets the road. I need you to please be attentive here and follow me up closely. What happened here Before I explain this, there are three levels of relationship we can have with the Lord. Three dimensions of relationship or levels of relationship you can have with the Lord Jesus. Number one, Jesus as Savior. Number two, Jesus as Lord. Number three, Jesus as friend. Three different dimensions. Anyone that is born again, Bible says in Matthew 1 verse number 21, He says, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall deliver his people from their sins. It says in verse number 23, and the virgin shall be with child, she shall bring forth a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Jesus is our savior. The Bible says, for there is no other name given amongst men, Acts 4, 12, whereby we should be saved except the name of Jesus. When you get saved, he is your savior. The person that paid for your sins. The person that shed his blood. And who, through, through his blood, we have been bought. The Bible says we've been redeemed. And we've been bought away from sin. Every consequence of sin is no longer applicable to your life. As far as God is concerned, you have never done wrong before. That's the mystery of salvation. That is the mystery. You have never done wrong before. So don't allow the devil sometimes make you sit in the, in the, in the, in the seat of pity and begin to tell yourself, oh, I used to be terrible. Who was not terrible? I used to be bad. Some, some people were badder than you, not worse. All that is religion, ladies and gentlemen. The finished work of Calvary says, it is whatever well, the Lord has, has, has forgiven. is forgiven, ladies and gentlemen. Second Corinthians 5.21 He that knew not sin was made sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God by him. Ladies and gentlemen, as easy and as simple as you look, you are God's righteousness. Celebrate that, put your hands together. You are God's righteousness. Don't let man make you feel less. You know, people always want to judge you by what they know of you. They would rather hold on to the bad ones that make you less than them than have the revelation of the new you. I mean, when I was in school, glory be to Jesus, before I got born again, I was young. I saw one of my classmates. I hadn't seen him in probably close to 30 years. We left school. I had not seen him. Suddenly, I saw him. I, w- I went to Uganda to minister. So, we were transiting at Jomo Kenyatta in Kenya, in Nairobi. And I saw him. You know, those days in school, in secondary school, you don't, I couldn't even remember his real name. Everybody had the, a nickname. The moment I saw him, ah, his name came fresh. Not as revelation, as memory. I said, short man devil. The moment he heard it, he turned back, looked at me. He didn't remember my real name. He also mentioned my own. I won't tell you what he said. <laughs> we ran to each other. Some pastors were with me. We heard. We have not seen in decades, in youngs. How are you, short man, devil? you also so, huh, ha, huh, huh. <laughs> So, we were we reminiscing a little bit. Then he asked me, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And I'm also a businessman. Then he went quiet. The man not changed. So, I asked him, what do you do? He said, "If you're a pastor, I am the pope. (laughs) You, pastor, (laughs) I am the, (laughs) am the pope." (laughs) There is nothing he will do at that time that will benefit from God's grace on my life. And people love seeing you that way. But you must know the grounds you stand. Ladies and gentlemen, we were bought we were we were bought fully paid let me explain this john eighteen eight, from verse 4 they came to arrest jesus from verse 1 and when they got to jesus the bible says they said to him several times he said who we look for john uh, jesus of nazareth jesus asked them, who are you seeking for the bible says the moment he told them i am he they fell backwards when they fell backwards for you to know that they didn't have the authority or the power to arrest jesus Please, this is my most favorite verse of scripture. Jesus did that. After then, he asked them a second time. I asked you, whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Then he said, I have told you I am he. Verse number 8. If indeed you seek me, let these go their way. Now, who are the these he was referring to? His disciples. Listen, the first episode showed that they couldn't arrest him. The second one shows that the master, my savior, voluntarily let himself into their hands on one condition. That P.K. Olawale will go his way. That is the day you went your way. That's the day you went your way. For the devil to arrest you again, he needs to go back 2,000 years. Undo and say, I disagree. Too late. Slap your neighbor and say, too late. So don't, don't, let nothing make you feel that the devil is entitled to touch you, even when you do wrong. But James says, brethren, do not err. You need to study scripture. (laughs) Let me not go there, my time is running second level of relationship is Jesus as Lord. Jesus as Lord is a different ball game. Moses had had the salvation experience. I don't know why I keep looking at you. Moses had had the salvation experience. What was the salvation experience? You know, your spirit man wants God. Your flesh does not. So it's either you choose to go with the spirit or so you go choose to do with the flesh. In his case, his spirit was Jewish. His flesh was Egyptian. In verse 11, he decided one of them has to die. Two of them can run together. So he picked the Egyptian and killed. And from that point, he chose to be a Jew. A child of God. Now, you cannot kill an Egyptian and you remain in Egypt. Okay? The king of Egypt will look for you so he needed to leave Egypt at that point in time now so what we were experiencing here was he moving to the next phase of relationship with God already he's been saved but salvation is not enough salvation is a beginning of a journey when you get saved Mark chapter 3 verse 14 it will tell you the reason that God saved you He says and he appointed unto himself 12 disciples. Number one, that they might be with him. Number two, that he might send them out to preach. They might heal the sick and cast out demons. In that order, the first reason why God saved you is to have a personal relationship with you. It's not to make heaven. I say it again. It is not to make heaven. If it is just to make heaven, the day you got saved, you will have taken you. That we might be with him. And ladies and gentlemen, when you get saved, for some of us, Jesus is, oh Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you, Lord, we love you. But when he tells you, go and do this, you have your own opinion. Now, what is the meaning of the word Lord? The word Lord is simply someone that has a subject. When you say, and that subject has no right over his life. When you call Jesus Lord, you are simply saying, Lord, I acknowledge I have no rights. My rights are with you. So sometimes when Bola makes me go crazy, somebody asked me, have you ever thought of leaving your wife before? I said, never. Oh, never crossed my mind once. Killing her many times. <laughs> but leaving her, no. <laughs> But killing her, ah. (laughs) If thoughts can kill, she will have died a million times over. But listen. So sometimes she does something that is very, very upsetting. And I go to the prayer room. One particularly, let me share what I love telling about myself. You know, because sometimes people make you, you, you tend to feel, that men of God don't—they are not human beings. <laughs> Can you imagine? One day I was—I was—I was ill. I was—I had malaria as a young man. One of my converts, the lady, they told her that, "Oh, Brother clay is not feeling well." She said, "It's not possible." It is not possible. She was serious. Oh, such people don't fall sick. You need to see me under the influence of malaria. <laughs> One There was this time I was invited by the uh, uh, Coppers, the Christian Coppers Fellowship. They were still in their camp at the Ikpaja, years back. Oh, and I was a long fast. I was, I mean, it was Holy Ghost service, it was miracle service, I was geared up to move. I was pregnant, ready to offload. I got there right in the middle of the service one bad wind I don't know where it came from just blew and suddenly I started feeling cold because you know it was open heavens it was not in a hall. (laughs) there was no more flesh because I was fasting so you know those kind of cold it starts from inside for out of you shall flow rivers (laughs) so it was there so well you know it starts you know when it's coming Whenever it's coming, I say, you know, pastors, wisdom is the principal thing. So I say, tell five people the love be with you, the love be with you. By the time I when they are done with five people, the thing has gone. <laughs> so I can go back. So they won't know what's going on with Pastor. <laughs> While I'm preaching, affliction is going on. When the thing was becoming too regular, suddenly <laughs> so I said, B brethren, we stop here. <laughs> I sense the power of God is about to move. <laughs> to move. Then then the Holy Ghost began moving, I'm serious, about half of the congregation, almost 3,000 of them were on the floor under the anointing. Then I said, "Then a lot of people are getting healed, so I was there shaking. The Holy Ghost, he you, yeah? don't let me go like this. I was not, I was not saying it in the microphone. No. You, will think, you will think I was praying and power of God was praying. No. Although no. I might be cruising right here. after the service one young man came and said pastor I saw you doing the ministration was, the anointing was too much you we were, we were literally shaking I said no it wasn't anointing I was dying <laughs> number three take off your shoes Number three level of relationship is friend. Jesus as friend, 1515, John. He says, I no longer call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master does in his bedchamber, but I call you friends. Let me explain. As Savior, you surrender your heart to him. As Lord, you surrender your will to him. As friend, he surrenders to you. I say that again. As Savior, you surrender your heart to Him. As Lord, you surrender your will to Him. But as friend, He surrenders to you. Some things He tolerates for other people, He doesn't tolerate for His friends. If you're a friend, sometimes you mess up once, that's the end. Because God has made Himself vulnerable to you. was not Abraham that asked God where are you going the Bible says how can I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do Abraham didn't ask questions God volunteered that's what he does with his friends he shares what's going on in his heart with them and that's where he wants us to be that's why he says I call you friends now listen No shoes allowed means surrender your will. Can I have a sister in the choir? Please come. Can I have a brother? Please come, come, yeah. Please, please come up here. Church, this is where the rubber meets the road. I have made you too small in my eyes. Come, come. No, don't add microphone. Oh, Lord. Man, this guy is good looking, man. That's dangerous. Praise God. But if you want to know the definition of handsome, look here. Is it right? Right here. Ignore my head. Just look at other places. Now, listen, people. God said to him, before God spoke, he moved in there. God said, remove your shoe from your feet. For where you are, is holy ground. He had been on that mountain, and it was not holy ground, though God was there. But the moment he connected with God, God showed up. The place became holy. God now says, remove your shoe from your feet. Because I'm about to make you something. You don't do it, I can't walk with you the way I want to. What does it mean to remove your shoe? This is not the only place in Scripture where the Lord was demanding that it should be removed. I'm not talking of the Ajawura churches. No, 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 no. It is a metaphor, it is a symbol. Until you look further in Scripture, you don't know what it means. In Joshua 5, I think verse 15. They were about going against Jericho. The captain of the Lord of hosts showed up. And Joshua went to meet him and said, Are you for us or against us? And he said, Neither, but as captain of the Lord of hosts have come. But he now said, Which is what will now make him be on their side. He said, Remove your shoe from your feet. From where you are standing in his holy ground. Joshua removed his shoe from his feet. Let me explain what that means can you beam on the screen Ruth chapter 4 and verse number 7 Ruth 4 7 man look at my head why my father did not name me Edwin I don't understand I am fearfully made whether you like it or not I am wonderfully Hold on, yeah. Let's read. My time is up. Want to read, please, everyone? Can we stand? Can we stand? I'm done. Can we read together in a chorus, please? Want to read? the story of Ruth Could you come for the place so that they see us don't worry your life is better than that of Ruth okay don't worry Ruth is the, the only women in the land of Jesus She's the only one of them amen which means you might be a pastor you end up with oh uh-huh, and it might be a might me pastor that's what it means if I've picked you for an example it's not an error now please where's your husband So I can take permission. Bros. (laughs) Um, uh, Thank you. (laughs) Now listen, people. You know the story of Ruth? Ruth left with her mother-in-law. She's a Moabitess. And she lost her husband. And scripture recalls, ladies and gentlemen, that at some point in time, one handsome guy, which is me, Boaz, was interested in her. But Boaz is not the nest of king. There was another guy, which is, what's your name? Spendid. Splendid. <laughs> My brother, <laughs> Splendid, is also, is the one that is next in, king, in line. Which means, this is the woman. Here is the person that has the right to marry her. I am next in line For me to be able to have access to her He has to relinquish his right To have her So it is only splendid that can have her I can't Whoever must have her must become splendid Stay with me It is only splendid that can have her In other words, it's only this position That can have her Anything away from this position You can't have her so it's only splendid that can have her whoever wants to have her must become splendid so this is the custom he's splendid who wants to relinquish his rights to her huh? he removes his shoe from where we read hands it over to me that's where i think the englishman says you step into someone's shoes He relieves his shoe, hands it over to me The moment he hands it over to me We exchange position So what's my name now? What's his name? Boaz So when the Lord told Moses Remove your shoe Hand it over In other words Give me your rights To any and everything You feel you deserve the moment you hand over your rights Moses becomes God and God becomes in chapter 7 verse 1 God said I have made you a God unto Pharaoh now listen ladies and gentlemen this is the mystery of it who who did the 10 plagues In Egypt, (laughs) hold on. Who turned water to blood? God, God, and what's God's name on earth in this instance? Moses. When you hand over your rights, God does give great things and you get the glory. You've been going to, Now, when, the, when he, Joshua handed over his shoe, okay? So, Joshua he became the captain of the host of heaven and the host of heaven became? Yeah. So, when Joshua was fighting, who was fighting? Captain of the Lord of hosts. You will lose battles if it's not yet Lord. The devil will ride you. Surrender everything. God bless you please. Thank you so much. I Can we lift up our hands and just worship the Lord? This is my desire to honor You, Lord, with all my heart, Lord,
2: Lord, with all my heart. heart. I I worship.
1: anger from condemnation we're simply telling you of God's love I'm not going to spend time on that you've not given your heart to Jesus and you want to or you know you've lost relationship with God altogether, and you want the relationship back get out of your seats and come forward towards me right now I want to pray with you move 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 just get out of your seat come forward I want to pray with you. Don't leave this house this morning and still have a question in your heart as to your relationship with God. Just come, come, get get, get out of your seat. It's a privilege. 1985, I surrender to Jesus. Best thing that had ever happened. Best thing that will ever happen to me. Your life is about to receive substance. God wants to take over you. And take over your battles. The power of God is here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If you can wait for seconds, that will be nice. I'm looking at some of you, and God is telling me about you. Some situations in your life going on. The Lord is sending a word, and that word will break the backbone of that hardship in the name of Jesus. Those of you from the front, could you just Pray with me and say heavenly father i'm sorry for the way i've lived i stand out for your forgiveness i believe in jesus that he's your son you sent him to pay the price for my sins i receive his forgiveness and I'm saved now in Jesus mighty name